the heat every week, and so no doubt today's going to be just awesome. So God bless you, Pastor Ben. Awesome. Thanks, Kate. Awesome. Great. Good morning, everyone. Thanks, Christiana, for helping with the announcements today. Wasn't it amazing to see uh, Christiana up here serving? We're going to get you up here one of these days, Sammy. You got a call in your life. Well, it's great to be in church with everyone. Um, Heather and I were up ministering this past week at Sunnyside Camp, our Pentecostal camp at Sylvan Lake. Um, one of the things that happened up there I thought was really good, it was on church health, and uh, Gary Tatinger, our superintendent, he said, we're going to take a moment um, during this service to write a note to our, our pastor. Whatever local church you attend, write a note to your pastor and encourage them. And so Heather was sitting beside me, and I said, you're going to write a note to me, aren't you? I said, you're probably going to write me a love note. And she looks at me, and she said, you're my husband. She says, my pastor is Pastor Cliff today. I said, well, don't write him a love note. <laughs> write me the love note. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we, we had a great time of, uh, of ministry, and uh, God's doing some good things across the province, not just here in our church, but um, across our district. I believe there's, we're in a season of revitalization and refreshing, and uh, we're a part of that. Uh, before I get to the Word this morning, I want to just update everyone uh, a little bit on uh, some of the progress with our, our Vision 100, our objectives to, to reach and to revitalize and to reproduce. As you came in the building this morning, you probably noticed uh, a, a little bit of paint on, the, on some of the doors. And uh, if you walk by the meeting place or the chapel, they're currently under some renovations. And that's part of our vision to revitalize this Elbow Drive uh, property. And not just the property, but the ministry. We've had, even over the last number of months, uh, over 200 people uh, responding in our services to say, I want to follow Jesus for the first time or rededication. Uh, we've seen, yeah, praise the Lord for that. Uh, we've seen 70 people, I think it was around 70 people to date, baptized this year already in water. And so we're excited about what God's doing. Our kids' ministry uh, has opened up the gym on Thursdays, and moms and nannies are coming from our Bel Air community. Uh, and this is part of the revitalization we had, with leaders included, over 100 people at Alpha this past spring following Easter. And so it's, it's about revitalizing ministry and also just our presence here in the community. And so over the next number of weeks and months, uh, as you come on Sundays, you'll probably see little updates and, and things will change a little bit. And I know when it comes to change, we're like, what? I used to like, you know, like this. Or I used, and we get used to things. Uh, but as was mentioned a couple weeks ago, we're, we'll eventually in the fall be replacing uh, these beloved pews uh, with some more comfortable seating. And, I, and some of you are like, well, there's nothing wrong with the pews uh, and the stained carpet. Well, we want to honor the Lord, and we want to be present in our community. We want to be relevant as we are continue to reach out. And, you know, one of the things I heard, one of the stats I heard was uh, people that, here's the thing, us church people, we, we're just like, hey, it's all about Jesus. Uh, but as we want to be on mission and effective, as we move in the spirit of excellence, part of that is recognizing that people that are far from God uh, there was one survey I heard about that was done. People came to church, uh, and, and they were, you know, non-Christians. And they said, you know, the number one reason why they said they wouldn't come back on this survey was that the washrooms were extremely dirty. 
And so things like that matter uh, more to people that are outside of this room than inside of this room. We, you know, we live at home. We kind of get used to our room a certain way, our living room. And so we want to operate in a spirit of excellence. And so that's part of the reason why we want to open up our, our doors in a greater way to our community. Um, there are already some graduations that happened. Uh, there's other events, I think, that would like to take place in our building. We'd like to open that up. So we just want to be refreshing uh, that over the time. And so that's part of our revitalization. Uh, in September, you'll be hearing more about our, our vision to reproduce, and we uh, have some things that are taking place. And last year, we, looked at some, we were looking at some property in the south. Prayerfully, we discerned it wasn't the right timing, the right price, or the right location at this time. But there's some new developments on, on some property that we're looking at as we uh, reproduce and, and reach uh, people for Christ. First Assembly has uh, over the last 91 years. Uh, happy birthday for Assembly. You're 91 years old. <laughs> You're looking good, <laughs> uh, by the way. Um, but we've been able to, by the grace of God, uh, be on mission and reaching thousands and thousands of people and planting churches. And so by the grace of God and, and Lord willing, as we move into our next 100 years, we want to be positioned in a place uh, of strength. And so God can continue to uh, breathe life and vision through us as a congregation. And so uh, that's where we're heading. And so you'll be hearing more about that in September. But as you notice things shifting and changing us because we're moving forward in our vision. And I thank the Lord that it's happening spiritually and it's also happening physically. And we're seeing momentum. We're seeing uh, change. And I cannot wait for this fall. It's going to be a, a party as we uh, come together over our vision Sunday. And uh, so Thank you, Jesus, uh, that we're on mission together and so that things are shifting and changing and moving forward. So I just wanted to update everybody on uh, kind of where we're at. Again, you'll be hearing more later. All right. So we're, is that, is that all right? Is that good? Okay. So we're in the book of Acts uh, this summer, the New Testament book of Acts written by, uh, recorded by, by Luke at, and uh, records the early church. And we're looking at the spirit and the movement and the mission and wasn't that great last Sunday listening to our young adults and some of our young people? And man, we just had a party in the place and, and so thankful for what God's doing. Uh, today, uh, if you have a Bible, we're looking at Acts chapter 27. So we're going to fast forward up to 27. Paul has been on trial before Festus and, and Agrippa and uh, God had put it in his heart to, to go to Rome. And, and these guys kind of didn't know what to do with them. And so they're they're putting him on a prison ship, and he's now on his way, on route, with a bunch of prisoners uh, to, to Rome, and uh, they run into a storm. Uh, storms are symbolic of life's circumstances. We, we all go through storms in life, and I thought it was very, uh, it's just how the Lord works so often, how Daniel and the worship team were so sensitive to the song choice this morning. We didn't talk about this message on Tuesday specifically. They knew I would be an axe. Uh, and I think the Lord is speaking to us today and wants to encourage us in this area of going through life storms. So if you're writing down a title today, uh, you can write this down for a title. Keep up your courage. Keep up your courage. And uh, Acts 27, and I'll read it and you can read along on the screen. So when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and they sailed along the shore of Crete. And before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island, and the ship was caught by the storm. 
and could not head into the wind. And so we gave way to it and were driven along. And as we passed to the lee of a small island called Kada, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So men hoisted it abroad, aboard, and they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. And because they were afraid, uh, they would run aground on the sandbar of Sirtis. They lowered the sea anchor, and they let the ship be driven along. And so we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw cargo overboard. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. And after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete, and then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. And last night the angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So, verse 25, so keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Would you pray with me? God, today, as we come around your word, God, as we are maybe in life storm right now or we've come through a storm, God, I thank you that you are present and you are our our ever-present help in trouble. And God, we just reach out to you today. We pray you would encourage us, strengthen us, Father, that we would become more like Jesus today by your word and by your spirit at work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep up your courage, friends, as you're going through the storms of life. A couple years ago, a few years actually, before, I guess before I moved to uh, Calgary, I was leaving Victoria and I was on a BC ferry boat. And we left Victoria, it was fairly kind of a rainy, windy day and it was a bit choppy in the water and we got on the ferry and as you leave Victoria, you go through a series of islands and it's, you, know, you kind of weave throughout the islands and then you come to a stretch of open water. And when you're on that open water, um, if it's a beautiful day, it's, it's the smoothest sailing and Quite often you'll be able to spot orcas or dolphins even. It's, it's such a beautiful ride from Vancouver to Victoria or, or vice versa. And so as we moved into the open water on this day, the, the winds picked up and it was like we turned the corner and the, the winds that were blowing across the open water uh, began to rock the ferry boat. Now, if you've been on a BC ferry boat, when you load in, you load in with vehicles below. Have you ever thought about that? Like, how can this thing handle? And then there's big, you know, giant semi-trucks that are pulling in right beside you. And you think, if this thing goes down, this thing's going to go down fast. And so now we're on stormy waters, and the, the boat is, is beginning to rock and creak. And the captain gets on and says, would everybody just please, you know, find a place to sit down and, and, and be careful and... And uh, so after a while, the storm, you know, it, it kept going, but we got to where we were uh, trying to go, and uh, everything was okay. But in those moments in the storm, uh, it kind of reminded me of life. Life can be like that. It's, it's going okay. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, it gets rocky. 
Um, and storms are interesting because uh, they're problematic for us. Uh, life storms are, are like real storms because storms are uh, unpredictable. You, you don't always know when they're coming your way. Storms are, sometimes you, you, you see a storm coming and you think, oh, that doesn't look too bad. And then 10 or 15 minutes later, it's way worse than you thought. So they come in varying degrees of intensity. Uh, storms can uh, just show up in our lives. There's different kinds of storms. Uh, storms can be frustrating because we're trying to go in a certain direction and, and the weather now has hindered me from being able to fulfill what I had hoped to fulfill. Have you ever planned a picnic or you, you, you wanted to do, and now the, oh man, I cannot, the weather has changed. And so it's frustrating. There may be people today in this room where the storms of life, right now, some of you, you might be in the middle of it all. You're just going through a storm. It kind of showed up and it was more intense than you thought. It was a different shape than you anticipated. It, it kind of hits you in a way that is now causing you frustration. And the other thing about going through storms, it can wear you down, can't it? And there's all kinds of storms. There's relationship storms. There's storms that happen in marriages and families. There's storms that happen in our finances. There's storms that can happen uh, emotionally uh, inside. Quite often, there's storms that take place in our lives that happen deep inside, and nobody else even can see what is necessarily going on. And we show up, and we show up at church, and we're smiling and waving at everybody, but inside, inside we're carrying some kind of a storm. There's something that is shifting and shaking that is going on, and in the middle of the storm, we have no choice but to go through the storm, because we're in it. What can you do? Who can actually change things? And we find ourselves being at times worn down. So you may find yourself today in a life storm, or maybe you're on the other side. But if you, I want us to consider this morning, whether you're in a storm or on the other side, or wherever you are today, three things to remember when you're stuck in a storm. And just for the next few moments before we head into time of communion, I want us to look at God's providence, his, his presence, and his promise. God's providence. We see this from our text today. We see the providence of God. God's providence means his loving, sovereign control over everything. Knowing that God, no matter what is happening, no matter what storm is raging, he is in control. Ironically, for Paul, the Apostle Paul, as he's in this storm... It's actually the safest place for Paul to be. Even though it's not necessarily comfortable, because he is a child of God, called of God, God has called him to a mission to fulfill, he can rest in the fact that even though it's crazy and uncomfortable, God is in control still. And the providence of God, the hand of God, the sovereignty of God, I believe gives Paul strength to, to lead we see in this passage incredible leadership by Paul. This is one of the passages that uh, not only biblical scholars study, but, but scholars and historians study on how uh, ancient, uh, how, how ships were, you know, how, how they maneuvered and, and traveled in ancient, in uh, times of antiquity and ancient days. And so as recorded by Luke, it's, it's one of the more, most detailed accounts 
that you can look back and just see all these things. And one of the things you see is you see Paul's leadership. He's cool and calm under pressure. Now, he may have had moments in his humanity where he was freaking out. Uh, we don't know. It doesn't say, you know, in Acts you know, 27, Paul, and then thus Paul freaketh out. <laughs> you know, it doesn't say that. Likely he had his moments. But at the end of the day, he was able to, to lead. He was able to uh, be calm in the middle of the storm. Just because there is a storm present doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. Just because you are going through something that is out of your control, out of your comprehension, doesn't mean that God is not with you. He is there. He is leading. He is guiding. And Paul finds himself in safety. Even Jesus himself, if we look at the Gospels, Jesus encountered storms. Not just physical storms, personal storms. Jesus had people reject him and disciples walk away from him and abandon him, even to the point of death on a cross. Talk about a storm. Talk about turmoil. Talk about to the place where he was, he was in the garden and sweating drops of blood. Something was going on inside. He was facing the storm of all storms. For you and for me and for our deliverance and for our freedom. And so friends, as followers of Jesus, as Christians, uh, we, we can't just say, well, I, you know, I would serve God, but I'm going through a storm. And obviously God's not there. He doesn't care. He doesn't love me. No. Storms are part of life. He, he makes the rain fall on the evil and the good. There's just something about life where it can get difficult and it, it can get challenging. But when we are reminded of God's providence, like Paul. I believe God, Paul was just like, God, I know. You, you know, we looked at it a few weeks ago. You know, Lord, you knocked me off my feet. You got a hold of my life. You got some plans. You got some things. I can trust, Lord, that you know what you're doing. And God, I'm going to get through it. Uh, and I believe that the Holy Spirit this morning wants to encourage you to take heart and to take courage in the middle of your storm because he's still there. It's a safe place for you if you know Jesus. The word providence, we look at uh, and we understand that the root word is provide. It is, speaks of God's provision. And so understanding providence is really understanding that God's providing for you. David said, Lord, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What a, what a picture of provision. Um, Abraham, when he obeyed God and he took his son Isaac and, and laid him on that altar, God provided, God's providence, his provision was the ram that was there. And Abraham knew, he said, the Lord will provide and called that place provision. That's providence. It can be hard. It can be difficult. It can be confusing. It can be, where are you, God? I don't know where you are. I can't see you clearly. And in storms, it's hard to see when it's storming. It's hard to see when it's dark. And that's why we sometimes can't see God, but we can lean on knowing that God is there. He is for you. He is not against you. You're going to make it. Take heart. Take courage. You're going to get through this storm. No matter what's going on in the storm, God, his providence is there. One Presbyterian minister, Dr. Vernon McGee, this is what he said, providence means that the hand of God is in the glove of human events. And when God is 
not at the steering wheel. He's in the back, he's in the back seat. He's the back seat driver. He's the coach who calls the signals from the bench. Providence is the unseen rudder on the ship of state. God is the pilot of the wheel during the night watch. And as someone has said, he makes great doors swing on little hinges. So hang on in your storm. Hang on in your storm. It may not feel like things are happening. It may not feel like God is present. It may not feel like God is in control. But you will get through this storm. Keep up your courage. Keep up your courage. Because God is working behind the scenes, providing a way, making things work for your good. That Knowing this, that all things are working together for good for them who love God, who are called according to his purposes. And if you love God and you're called, you're a candidate today. For him to be working behind the scenes, his hand and his guiding hand of providence on your life. So take heart. Keep up your courage today. My grandfather uh, and I, we had a great, great relationship. And and, uh, I see my cousin David here today and uh, Grandpa Johnson. He came to to visit uh, me one time when I was a kid. And he made me a, a, hand, a, you know, a handmade fishing pole. Like he made it himself out of a stick. He whittled it. He painted it. And he took me fishing. And we went with my dad and somebody else and a couple of guys from our church. And, and, and I was so excited. And it got up this one morning and it was raining and kind of storming. And, and, and we fished for an hour. We didn't catch anything. And so at some point he said, hey, listen, you know, try this and try this bait. And not, nothing was working. But he was kind of working with me. He, was trying to, he, he wanted me to win. And, and for me, it was a storm. I was just a kid. I'm like, I want to fish, and I want to catch fish. Finally, we got into the vehicle, and we drove a little ways, and we went to this other lake, and we walked over to this lake, and there were people, and I, I saw kids and dads, and kids were smiling, and they were pulling out fish after fish after fish. And I had no clue what it was. I just thought, well, this is great. Look at this. They're catching fish, and I am too. So I put my fishing rod in, and I started catching fish, and I went home with a bucket of fish. We had fish for dinner that night. Little did I know that that was called a trout farm. (laughs) This lake was, you paid money, you went in, and you caught all the fish. They stocked that pond. My grandpa, he was behind the scenes. He was figuring, he was working, he's making me the pole. He was taking me here. He he let me experience the the, the feeling of, I'm not going to make it. It's not working. It's frustrating. He let me experience that, but in his heart, he was like, I want you to catch fish. I want to take you to that place. And the providence of God, the goodness of God is like he's behind the scenes of your life. And whatever storm you're in right now today, God is working behind the scenes for your good and for your favor. We can lean on his providence his goodness his sovereignty he's at work second thing is his presence the angel shows up and that represents the presence of God and he says to Paul you're going to make it you got an appointment with Caesar Paul you're going to make it sometimes we forget that God's presence is with us and that has to do with his providence his providence is his leading and his guiding but he also promises us his very presence. How many are thankful for that? You may not have planned this storm, but you're in this storm. He's with you. Moses knew this. He was getting frustrated leading the children of Israel. He's like, God, I'm just getting frustrated. And, and I, I can't do this anymore. And, and, and if you're going to send us any further, I can't do this on my own strength. I need you. And this is what Moses said. He said, Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. That's my prayer as a church. 
that God, as we move into the future vision, as we move into what you have called us to, Lord, to, to reach and to continue to, to reach around the globe with global missions and raising up leaders and missionaries and church planters, and as we continue to revitalize and strengthen the work here in our city, revitalizing ministry at every level and every aspect, and as we look to reproduce and to, and to build and to plant something fresh that will glorify you, God, in this city, it's going to take faith, it's going to take stretching, it's going to take all these things, but God, here's the thing, Lord, we know that you've called us to this, and don't even send us into that future, Lord, unless your presence goes with us. That's our prayer, but we know that we know that we know that God's presence is always with us as we follow him and as we have open hearts and we say, God, as you lead us, uh, we know that you're with us. He said that he will never leave us or forsake us. He said that he would be with us, that his presence would go with us. And no matter how hard it gets, God's promises and his presence is with us. But now, this is what he said to Israel, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Let's be reminded today of his providence and of his presence. Daniel and the boys, they didn't bow to the idol. Nebuchadnezzar said, here's a big idol of me. Bow down, worship. And they said, we can't do that, King Neb. Sorry. We serve God. We can do other things in the the kingdom of Babylon. In fact, Daniel and his friends, they were ten times better at all kinds of things than anybody else because they honored God and they they were in the world but not of the world. They were serving God in a godless culture. They were infiltrating a godless culture with righteousness. It's such a beautiful study, this whole book of Daniel and seeing these Hebrew boys as they were trained in the ways of the world but yet they serve God. And what happened was when they went into the fire, they were, they should have been burned instantaneously. But they stood there, they're like, you know, walking around in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar said, if you don't worship me, you're gonna you're gonna burn. So they threw him into the fire, these three boys. And they're just kind of walking around. All of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, looks, he says, Didn't we put three guys in the furnace? (laughs) He looks over there, he's like, one? Two, three. Who's the fourth guy? You know, here's Jesus in there, and they're like hanging out. He's like, hey guys, how's it going? Like kind of warming their hands on the fire. You guys got some, you want to make some s'mores or get some marshmallows going? Or guys are just kind of hanging. Sorry, I used to be a youth pastor. Just bear with me. All right, you know, it's like, uh, you know, know, whatever. They're just hanging out in the fire, and, and Nebuchadnezzar freaks out. Why? Because the presence of God. The presence of God. In the fire, in the storm, in the flood, the presence is always, always with you. Final thought is God's promise. Let's be reminded of God's promise. And we see this in our text as well. Paul says, so keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Just as he told me it's going to happen. This is where we lean on the promises of God in the storm. We lean on his word. We lean on what God has said. We, we, we're reminded that God is good even in the middle of the challenge. We, we can lean on his word. Keep your courage, men. <laughs> Keep your courage because it's going to happen. 
What happened was the ship, it just continued to face, you know, be battered in the storm and it got worse and worse. And at one point they, they threw out anchors and, and they, you know, the boat was just getting beaten and, and, and now daylight was coming. They could kind of see the beach. And at that point, they're just like, okay, we're, we're going to have to go for it. And so the, the, every, they, everybody starts jumping out of the boat. The boat starts breaking apart and they start kind of floating to shore. Some of them are just carrying, you know, pieces of the boat and, and no matter what, the promise of God to Paul was that if we stay together, we're all going to get there. And there was one point where some of the guys wanted to get off the boat. They started letting down the lifeboat. They, and Paul says, no, don't, don't, don't let those guys get in the lifeboat. Because if they get in the lifeboat, they're going to die. We're all going to die. we got to do this together. Because God's promise was that if you, get, if you stay together, you're going to get there. If you stay together, you're going to get Don't go your own way. Don't get out of the boat. Don't jump ship. And so that might be a word for some of you this morning. You feel like jumping ship. You feel like getting out. You feel like, I, I got to get out of this situation. I got to get out of community. I got to get out of church. I got to get, I got to go my own way. I got to do this. I got to get out of here because it's getting too hard. Where are you, God? I don't know where you are. Don't jump ship. Stay with the boat. Stay with the promise. Stay with where God has called you to be and to serve. Stay with your family. Stay in that place, even though it's hard. Stay. God's promise. And the beautiful thing is they all got to shore. They all were saved. Even though they got there on pieces. And sometimes the storm will break you. Sometimes the storm's going to leave you in some pieces. Some of you have walked through some severe storms in your life. And it's broken you. And there's pieces of you. And you say, how can God, how can God use my brokenness? I want to encourage you this morning to keep your courage up and know that God can even use your pieces to save many. God can even use your brokenness, just like that ship, it broke all over the, even this house here, we've gone through some ups and downs at First Assembly over the years. There's been hurt, there's been pain, there's been brokenness. But even the broken pieces of our past, God's going to get us there. God's going to get us to where he needs us to be because he has promised. He has promised us his providence, his leading, his presence, his provision, and his promises we can hold on to today. Don't let the broken pieces of your life discourage you. Let the broken pieces become life rafts, life jackets. Floating devices for people who are sinking. You still, have a, you still have a ministry. You still have a call. You still have a future. No matter what storm you've been through, no matter what storm you're facing today, you still have a purpose. You, you're still in the game. You still haven't sunk. You're, st- you're still going to shore. You're still going to that place of ministry. And when they got to the island, they had this revival. There was snakes. There was fires. There was snake bites. There was, but they, all these people, they turned to Christ on Malta. And there, there was a, a sweeping revival. There's ministry on the other side of your storm. There's something for you on the other side of the storm. Keep on going. Keep on rowing. Do what you need to do. Throw the cargo overboard. They, at one point, they're throwing cargo overboard. Maybe there's extra things you just don't need. You just got to lighten your load. You just get, say, get this out of here. I need this out of my life because I'm going to get to where God's called me to go. I'm trusting in his providence. I'm trusting in his presence. I'm trusting that he has called me and he's providing the way forward for me. So whether this storm is something that you had anything to do with or maybe you just caught in one, 
Maybe you've almost walked away or jumped ship. Don't jump ship. I'm going to ask the musicians to come at this time as we prepare for communion. And before I do, I want to just give an opportunity. And if there may be any.